Breathe, seven tips for coping with anxiety from surviving 20-something. I struggled with anxiety for many years. In some ways, I'm still coping with anxiety. It's simply not winning anymore. It never really goes away though. It's still there in the back of my head, the worries and the panic a little quieter now. On another day, I'll share my anxiety story because I know that when I was first experiencing how terrible and alienating anxiety and panic disorders could be, I would have given anything to know that so many other people were experiencing the same thing, that I wasn't some kind of freak. But today, I wanted to share a few things that helped me cope. A caveat, this is what worked for me. I'm not suggesting that this will work for everyone, and I'm certainly not offering medical advice. This is what helped me after many years of suffering and depression to begin to live with anxiety and not merely exist with it. Number one, don't try to go at it alone. Part of my fear was that people would notice I was acting strangely or say something about it. The solution, let people in on your big secret. Confide in someone who can help cover for you. For me, it helped immensely just having someone who knew, someone whose hand I could squeeze when I felt like I was going under. Someone to whom you could say, hey, if I disappear for a moment, don't worry, I just need a minute alone. Number two, tell people how they can help you. In my case, this meant teaching people how they could chatter away to distract me rather than asking if I was okay, or what they should do if I passed out in the middle of a Gap store. True story, I smashed my head on the checkout counter on the way down, and the next thing I knew, I was sitting on the ground and a paramedic was kneeling there making sure I was okay. If I feel terrible, I'm not trapped. I can make sure that I have someone to drive me home in an emergency, I know where I can go for a quiet moment, I know where the cups in a friend's house are so I can slip away and get a glass of water without drawing attention to myself. Number three, become the master of your brain. I acknowledge this might be controversial and it's not for everyone at every time. It worked for me, however, when I was ready. When I struggled with anxiety, I had a lot of very obvious physical symptoms if a panic attack was coming on. I'd be pale, shaky, cold, sometimes throwing up, sometimes dropping unconscious in the middle of public places, hallways, classrooms, the aforementioned gap. Although the physical symptoms were very much real, anxiety begins in the brain. I could draw my attention away from the physical symptoms and lessen their power on me by saying, yeah, I might feel nauseated right now, but it's not real. It's just my anxiety brain telling me I feel nauseated. If it was in my head and it was not a real symptom, then it couldn't really hurt me. Instead of becoming fixated on the physical location and sensation of the symptoms and thinking over and over, oh God, I'm nauseated. I feel so sick to my stomach right now. I could tell myself, you know what? The physical symptoms are just a thought. And if I stop focusing on them, they'll go away. And to my astonishment, they did. Number four, breathe. Find a breathing technique that works for you and stick with it. Not only does it help slow your breathing and your heart rate, it places your focus on something simple and non-frightening, your breathing. My favorite breathing method is something called four by four breathing. And if I remember correctly, it's also used by military and other folks who find themselves in stressful situations more often than they care to. It's simple, breathe in for four seconds, Hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds. I also like breathing out long and slow for eight seconds instead of four. I notice within about a minute how much my heart rate has calmed and my brain seems to get a little less scattered and fuzzy as well. Number five, know your surroundings, like a ninja or a secret agent. That's fun, right? 
All joking aside, knowing where things were in any given building was immensely helpful to getting my anxiety under control, more specifically, knowing where washrooms were and where I could be alone. More often than not, panic attacks would make me very nauseated, and the idea of feeling nauseated and maybe even the throwing up in public made the anxiety worse, leading to worse anxiety. Typical spiral. I quickly found that knowing where individual washrooms were when I was at uni, you know, the kind with one toilet and a locked door, instantly took away that fear of having to be sick in public, and thus lessened the power the anxiety symptoms had over me. So what if I felt a bit ill? I had a place to go, which meant I wasn't trapped. Now, your weird anxiety fixation may not be the same as my weird anxiety fixation, but whatever it is that you need to make yourself feel a bit better, find it. Number six, find the right people. My stepsister once yelled at me in a hotel room that the reason I had no friends because I was an air quotes, fucking freak, referring, of course, to my anxiety. We no longer speak. The people who matter will work with you. They'll push you when you need to be pushed and understand when your brain is telling you you're dying and you just can't cope with more. Number seven, remember that it's okay to medicate. Anxiety is real. Panic attacks are real. And both of these things can be life-ruining in a hurry, bringing on social isolation, confusion, and depression. I can safely check all three of those boxes. I remember feeling that I really, really didn't want to be on some kind of medication for my brain, as though that made me an official freak. But looking back, I can see the flaw in my thinking here. If someone had a terrible infection, a dangerous flu or cancer, you wouldn't deny them life-saving medication. Mental illness is an illness, just like any other. If I can leave you with one thing, it's this. Anxiety doesn't make you weak. It makes you a fighter, and you're not alone.